When we use the word gospel, are we using it as beautifully and as big as the Bible does? The word gospel means good news. The Greek word is euangelion. When I say the word gospel, perhaps you think of a genre of music. Uh, Maybe you think of a style of preaching. Maybe you think of one of the four gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Perhaps you think of of a formula that's supposed to get you into heaven and keep you out of hell. I don't know. Many of us assume we, we understand the gospel because, well, we hear it all the time in church and we, just, we're get, we get familiar with it and it becomes entrenched. There's a story about Martin Luther that when he was preaching, his congregation told him and they complained, you know, why do you preach the gospel every single Sunday, implying they were tired of hearing it at this point, that they had gotten it, they'd figured it out, and, and Luther was reported to have, said, to have said, well, I preach it every week because every week you live like you forget it. Maybe we do too, or at least we forget how big that it is. How big is the gospel that you were taught, that you believe? Many of us, though not necessarily through bad intentions, have been shaped and formed by a a small gospel that's basically about punching my individual ticket to the afterlife and managing my own sin in the meantime. The good news that we think we know then ends up actually sounding more like good advice, not news. And to many, it might not even sound that good. A so-called gospel that is mainly about God being angry because of my sin, and oh, thank goodness, God punished Jesus instead of me so that when I die, I get to go to heaven instead of that other place, paints a very small picture of God, God's dream, life in Christ, how we see ourselves as redeemed people, it's too small. I think there's a power of and when it comes to the gospel, and particularly to us understanding it in its fullness, receiving it, being sustained by it in all of its bigness. So the the good news is, is, is good news for now and when we die. The gospel is personal and Cosmic. The gospel has spiritual and social political implications. The gospel is proclaimed in word and deed. It's not an or gospel, it's an and gospel. So, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at why the gospel might just be a little bit bigger than we think it is. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there that it would grow us and transform us, that we might live for you, bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Three readings uh, this morning. Uh, First from Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, chapter 15, verses 1 1 1 through 4. Brothers and sisters, I want to call your attention to the good news That I preach to you, which you also received and in which you stand. You are being saved through it if you hold on to the message I preached to you, unless somehow you believed it for nothing. I passed on to you as most important what I also received. Christ died for our sins in line with the scriptures. He was buried and rose on the third day in line with the scriptures. 
from John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. And then from John 10, 7 through 10. So Jesus spoke again, I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life. Indeed, so they could have life to the fullest. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, when early Christians spoke about the gospel, the good news, they saw it as a proclamation about a climactic event wrapped in a larger story because of which everything will be different. They saw it as a proclamation about a climactic event wrapped in a larger story because of which everything will be different. Paul, in the letter to the Corinthians, as you just heard, said, Brothers and sisters, I want to call your attention to the gospel, the good news. I preach to you which you received and in which you stand, and you are being saved through it if you hold on to the message that was preached to you. And this is what he says it was. Christ died for our sins in line with the scriptures. He was buried, and he rose on the third day in line with the scriptures. So Christ died for our sins, was buried, rose on the third day, all in accordance with the scriptures. That was basically the early Christian summary of what was believed to be the good news, the gospel. With that news, everything is different. This good news has the power to save, Paul says. The power to save. And when we have a small version of the gospel, we might only think about what we are saved from and not also what we are saved for. But the gospel is good news precisely because It declares that we are saved from sin and the power of death and saved for being a part of God's mission in the world. That's where the in accordance with the scriptures part is important because if we look at the scriptures, if we look at the whole story of God in scripture, it becomes clear that this is how the Bible understands being saved. Genesis and Revelation, the first and last books of the Bible, tell us that God wants to live in perfect communion with what God has made. Human beings are God's image bearers. That meant we were made to to live in harmony with God, with each other, with the rest of creation. That's how things were in the beginning, and that's how things will be in the end when God finishes restoring and renewing the world. So God dwelling with us and our vocation to reflect God's glory go hand in hand. So when God saved or delivered Israel in Exodus, God saved and redeemed them from slavery in Egypt. God and God's compassion liberated them, set them free from what was keeping them from experiencing all the fullness of life with God. It was such good news that the people sang and and praised God and worshipped that rescue because Egypt didn't hold power over them anymore. And God saved them for becoming the unique kind of people that through whom God could bless the world, which was Israel's original vocation from the start. Now that they have been set free, They go get to live, they get to live in joyful obedience 
to God and, and carry out their amazing vocation. So from and for. Of course, Israel doesn't live up to, to that calling. They um, go into exile later in the New Testament, in, in, I mean in the Old Testament, in Babylon. And in the prophet Isaiah in particular, there is this hope, there is this anticipation that once again God will come and, and restore and rescue and deliver them from captivity, from captivity, and God will once again rule and reign in their midst through a particular or peculiar suffering servant king. But God will save them for, once again, so that they can be a light to the nations, as Isaiah says. A means by which all people will come to know the glory and majesty and love of God and live under God's loving reign. Again, it's from and for. When Isaiah talks about um, heralds proclaiming good tidings or gospel or good news, that's what he's talking about. God coming, God's reign coming to set free from something and for something. Liberation and participation. Christ, fast forwarding to, to Jesus, Christ's life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, were the means by which God ultimately and decisively redeemed and rescued and saved us from sin and the power of death. The good news is absolutely news and good because we have been saved from those things, from anything and everything in the world and in us that seeks to, to damage or to thwart God's purposes and good works. Sin no longer has power over us. Death no longer has the last word, the final word. Yes, we all die, but we go forth to live. Good news, we have been rescued from something. Absolutely. And, and, we have been saved and redeemed for. So that, like Israel, we might be a part of God's mission to, to restore and to transform the world. Because the kind of people who have been transformed by the gospel become the kind of people who transform by the power of the gospel. The kind of people who know that they are loved unconditionally become the kind of people who love unconditionally. People who are being made new and redeemed in Christ become people who help to make new and to restore. The good news is precisely good news because we've been rescued from sin and the power of death so that we get to live different and whole and beautiful and full lives for God. We have deep purpose. We have deep meaning. We're not just waiting around in our, in our freedom from. We're living in it for God. Is there anything more fulfilling than doing what we were made to do? I'm reminded of the story of a man who participated in Jobs for Life program who had been in a cycle of, of drug dealing and jail. Jobs for Life is a nonprofit that uh, helps uplift people through the dignity of, of work. And he came and spoke to one of the Jobs for Life classes at their graduation. Um, and he explained how uh, because of the program, after the program, he had started his own janitorial company, uh, had financial security and a family. And I remember him saying, what made the program so good was not just that it rescued him from the streets, but that it gave him a new identity and purpose. I feel like I'm doing what I was made to do now, he said. Friends, how much more with the gospel, with the good news, about what God has done in Jesus Christ. 
It's the gospel. It's the good news because Jesus rescued us from sin and death so that we might live with a new identity, with divine full purpose from and for. And that truth really leads to another related and. The gospel is good news for right now and when we die. Christ's life, death, and resurrection doesn't just change our future, it changes our present. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How many of us jump straight to, oh, that means I get to live forever with Jesus when I die? That's okay, and that's wonderful, and that's true, absolutely. What a joy and and comfort to know that that death is not the end, that, that, that there's not nothingness but life with God, that one day when Christ comes again in glory, our bodies will be raised and we get to live Uh, with God in a new heavens and a new earth, perfectly restored. However, the gospel isn't just good news for when we die. It's good news for life now. Eternal life starts now. If we're saved from and for, that means that there is very real present implications for the good news. Because for it truly to be good news, that means it has to have effects that aren't just delayed, but for right now, too. Remember, if news is something that happens as a result of which things are different, we don't have to wait, friends, to experience that difference. A gospel that is just completely about the afterlife only isn't really that big, is it? Because it doesn't have have anything to say about our present realities. I don't know about you, but... I don't want to wait till I die to come alive, to experience abundant life with Jesus. I'm ready now. I don't want to look around at at racism or sexism or poverty or wars or inequality or injustice and say, oh, well, just grin and bear it until you die and go to heaven because really the gospel isn't really good news for right now. the, The truth is, The eternal and eternal life, which is a big part of what makes the good news good, isn't just a temporal word, it's a qualitative word, right? It's not just length, it's depth. In fact, a little later in John's Gospel in chapter 10, Jesus is speaking to a group of Pharisees who have just tried to make life smaller, have just tried to entrap a man who was born blind that Jesus heals. And Jesus says to them, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life, so that they could live it to the fullest. So they could live life to the fullest. I came so that they could have life and live it to the full. Now, now, not later, now. The gospel declares that through Jesus Christ, there is abundant life now. Jesus' life, death, resurrection changes things now. That means that the gospel is good news for every part of your life, for every part of my life. It has something to say about every part of our lives right now. Marriage, friendships, work, money, family, neighbors, politics, priorities, attitudes, imaginations, dreams, plans. Standing inside this good news. 
And believing and trusting it does something. Friends, it transforms people now. To think that the good news doesn't implicate every part of our current reality, but only where we go when we die, that's to believe a very small gospel. God had come to reign in the person of Jesus through his life, death, and resurrection. Something had happened. And something will happen when Jesus returns to finish the work he began. And something is happening now in the lives of all those who have embraced this good news and allowed it to shape them at the core of who they are. That means that if you're struggling with loneliness, there's good news for you now. Jesus' life, death, resurrection has made possible a community of people to love you and be your friend. If you're dealing with guilt, there's good news for you now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has buried your guilt in the grave and given you and made it possible for you to begin anew. If you're struggling with a particular sin, there's good news for you now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection gives you the power to resist temptation and to grasp onto something more fulfilling. If you're wrestling with injustice, there's good news for you now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is proof that God grants justice to the oppressed. If you're feeling tired and run down with busyness, there is good news for you right now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection means that you don't have to strive to earn worth or approval or love from anyone. Just rest. If you're having an identity crisis, there is good news for you now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection means that your identity is simply this, child of God, period. If you're feeling hurting, afraid, there is good news for you now. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection means that what is bad is not what is last and that love always wins out. Later and now. Friends, the gospel is so much bigger than we think. Which is why, as one of my favorite writers says, believing the gospel maybe looks a lot more like falling in love than following a recipe. And we all begin to believe, to fall in love with a gospel that is bigger, bigger than we can even imagine. Because it truly is good news every part of life.